It's time for 41 is the Mike, a weekly Chiefs podcast with Nick Jacobs of KSHB 41 and Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. 41 is the Mike starts now. Welcome back to 41 is the Mike. We are coming to you from two locations. I am here at Arrowhead Stadium after having just watched the Kansas City Chiefs demolish the Chicago Bears 41 to 10. And I suppose I should say I am Matt Derrick. We're all getting new to this. I'm a new host. So <laughs> as as Nick and I have been discussing, I am still exploring my enclosure. And but, joining but yeah, me. Yeah, it's funny because there's glass. There's glass. <laughs> I am, I am surrounded by glass. <laughs> so I am in the press box. I am surrounded by uh, glass and a lot of bugs right now who are outside the press box. Um, watching the stadium slowly get cleaned up. And joining me, of course, my co-host, dear friend, and Chiefs football enthusiast, Nick Jacobs. I'm glad that you got the enthusiast part in. <laughs> Outstanding work there, Matt. <laughs> there is that there is nothing about the world of football for which Nick is not an enthusiast. So you will hear me describe him as an enthusiast on many, many topics. And I know one thing he is an enthusiast of um, is effective and brutally efficient Chiefs wins. And that's exactly what we saw this afternoon. Uh, Nick, we could go any direction, but let's let's start on the offense, because that's the one that Andy Reid is telling us that uh, if the Chiefs stopped shooting themselves in the foot, that they were going to be just fine. And uh, we didn't see a lot of penalties. There was only three penalties on Sunday. Uh, we didn't see any turnovers from Patrick Mahomes and the, the first team offense. And as a result, we saw a convincing win. What did, what did you see on the offense today that you liked? Yeah, no, I mean, you said it perfectly. I mean, look, I mean, that's the most decisive the chiefs offense has looked in a very, very long time. Um, I was trying to think back to when they've been able to have that do whatever they felt like at will and be able to do it. Like if they want to throw this play, if they want to run this, you know, run this off tackle play, they want to they want to do a handoff and toss back to Mahomes and then try to chuck it downfield, but he has to take the check down because it's covered over top. Like all that combined, like they they were able to really get into what they wanted to, and I think the offensive coordinator Matt Nagy had a had a had a big part in that with him being the former Bears coach. It seemed like he he was going to be efficient and effective in this football game. So I was really really impressed with what they. Uh, what the Chiefs were able to do there. And then obviously, I mean, the run game is starting to feel more like what the Chiefs are and who they want to be. Pacheco is starting to get in a little bit of a rhythm. The Chiefs, and that's a really good Bears front from what I'd seen the past two weeks on tape. So for them to get over 100 yards between Pacheco and Clyde Edwards Alaire was really, really impressive. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned it. I mean, it was it was everything that really got going offensively today. And maybe some faces that we weren't familiar with as far as getting involved in the offense because Rasheed Rice had a big day today. And that's something that we've been waiting for from the rookie. He already had a touchdown earlier this season, but today he he seemed to have one of those days where you can start to see that he's starting to get some relationship with Mahomes and kind of figuring out how to how to move in space and get open a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, well, spent, yeah, with Rice, one of them. I mean, doing that with both Mahomes and Gabbert, and then he basically got robbed of two different touchdowns that he should have had. That ended up, I believe, I remember correctly, going to. I know one went to McKinnon. I think the other one went to Pacheco, um, but I can't remember offhand. But I know that I know they were his touchdowns, and they didn't work out for him. But I mean, look, Rice. That was a big, big day for Rice to have to be able to kind of help build that chemistry and that rhythm and that confidence to kind of 
because you're hoping, in my personal opinion, you're hoping him and Justin Ross can become the go-to guys down the road towards the end of the year. So if uh, if Rice can keep stacking games like this together over the course of the season, he can be one of their go-to guys on top of occasionally getting Valdez Cantling some passes when he's not running the clear out routes. And then obviously some with, you know, potentially Justin Watson as well. And then you're hoping Justin Ross can kind of work his way in little by little. And I mean, there were some opportunities there where I thought they were going to throw a fade to him and they actually didn't there near the red zone, right near the end zone, actually. And they ended up running that one in, if I remember correctly. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot for the chiefs to work with. And I mean, look, the bears were struggling in coverage. The chiefs had their number. And I mean, the amount of times about his scantling or somebody else is running wide open. And I'm sure I'll see even more in coaches film to where they're, they're wide open and there's nobody around them within 15 yards in a radius fashion to where like that Valdez Scantling touchdown, they got called back. Like that was wide open. And there's another one later that was wide open. And so, I mean, it was, um, yeah, the bears, they had, they had a lot of problems. And at the end of the day, though, I know you're saying, well, they're playing the Bears, but this is what good teams are supposed to do to bad teams. So the fact they're doing this is more of who the Chiefs are and who the fans expect the Chiefs to be. So stacking games like this together against bad football teams is what you want to see, and that helps the efficiency long term. Yeah, I think that that's one thing that's probably going to be a a commonality throughout our, our talk today and throughout the pod is going to be, yeah, I mean – Graded on a curve because this is a Bears team in absolute, complete dysfunction from top to bottom. But that's what you're supposed to do against teams like that. You're supposed to make them look like they're dysfunctional. And that's exactly what the Chiefs did. Um, this game could have been just as bad as Miami-Denver had you know, Andy Reid wanted it to go that mm-hmm. way. Uh, Andy Reid's certainly never going to, I don't think, ever going to score 70 points on anybody unless it's just on accident. Um, but you know, I'm glad you also scored 70. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And not not unless Andy Reid trips and falls, will he ever score 70 points on somebody? But I'm glad you brought the run game because that was last week. You know, the chiefs only had two designed runs in the first half against Jacksonville and they struggled offensively. I mean, they looked out of kilter. They were out of balance for, for sure. In the second half of that game, they ran the ball, you know, more more efficiently and effectively, but more consistently. Today was a concerted effort, you could tell from the beginning, to run the football more in the first half, and they did it quite well. I mean, uh, you know, I think they had 91 yards rushing in the first half. Pacheco averaged five yards a carry in the first half. And certainly credit goes to the running backs, but that offensive line was blowing open some holes, too. I, I mean, I thought the Chiefs' tackles did a really good job in the run game. Pacheco... He's still got that physicality that you want to see. He's still got that. There, there was times like he's getting tackled down. He's getting taken down, tackled. And the way that guy's still driving his feet and just dragging defenders. And even when he's on top of somebody, he's still trying to pop up and take off. Just such a relentless football player that Isaiah Pacheco is. You know, and one thing that was obviously a big difference from last week against Jacksonville was the penalties. There was only the the two, I think, penalties on the offensive line. Both of them going to Juwan Taylor. So we do have to circle back and talk about this again, which is the issue with Juwan Taylor lining up too far off the line of scrimmage and into the backfield and getting these illegal formation penalties. Um, wasn't called for any false starts today, and it certainly looked like, you know, that he was making a concerted effort to 
not go on Mahomes' cadence the way that he typically does. So I, I didn't feel like that he was getting a quick start. But he does get called for that illegal formation. And Andy Reid was not pleased with those calls after the game. I mean, he he felt that the officials were were being a little bit too picky on Juwan Taylor and that he'd really cleaned it up. How do you come down? What what, what do you have did you see from Taylor today? Uh, there's something I'm gonna wait to watch on coaches film that I think will kind of tell me more so. Where where were the receivers or tight ends lined up next to him? And I think that I think that's when it may have been a little bit more glaring from time to time. Is hey, is he lined up behind the slot receiver there? <laughs> you know, and if he is, then well, you know. So I I, I so that's something I want to check on the pattern with with a couple of them because I'm like I I don't think they're gauging it unless there's somebody on his side that can help him kind of be that uh that ruler, you know, to kind of tell, oh, yeah, no. And I, I think that's when it kind of pops out. It's probably more glaring. But at the end of the day, though, I mean, look, I mean, it's got to, it's going to have to get fixed. Like, it's, this can't keep happening long term. And I want to give him the benefit of the doubt just simply because that's that's not going to be an overnight transition, you know, but to where you, you, you're you used to a certain way for four or five years. Just like, you know, you're used to eating with your right hand. All of a sudden you're told, hey, I got to eat closer with my right hand or my left hand and you know it's just it's going to be a little bit different for a little bit so i understand that part of it but above everything else it's it's just i mean i i part of me kind of wonders like okay so they pulled him out of the game again like what i'm i'm intrigued what the if they just wanted to give him a mental reset again like they did last week or was this, hey, we've talked to you about it, and it's it's not necessarily getting fixed the way that we want. So that's something I'll, I'll kind of be intrigued to see when that happens because obviously he came back in the game. So, I mean, you know, there wasn't anything of that nature. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, but I will say in his defense and in Donovan Smith's defense, man, the time Mahomes had in that pocket in the first half, to be able to survey whatever he wanted, you know, look over the foot. That was that was Trent Green 04 Chiefs offensive line level in terms of time Mahomes had to read everything. And that's something we've all been dreaming for. So I mean, if, if the Chiefs O line can be like that long term, they're gonna face a Jets front that's gonna be pretty physical next week to where he probably won't have that same luxury. But I'm just telling you, that was that was fun to watch today from a from a pass protection perspective and a physical run blocking perspective. Well, and I, I'm interested to see how exactly what you said about, you know, what was kind of Andy Reid's reasoning, because his, his explanation that he gave to us, at least after the game, was, you know, almost suggestive of that he was taking Taylor out of the game, maybe not so much as a mental break for him, but just because he was getting picked on by the officials. He also, he said he got, you know, hit in the mouth, so he was bleeding in the lip a little bit and, you know, it was okay. But then goes back into the game after after Prince gets injured. Prince Tegovanogo gets gets injured, has to go back into the game. Then and Donovan Smith was knocked out at that point too. So the Chiefs were really struggling, and he needed to go back in. But you know, I I certainly took it as a little bit of Andy Reid sending a message after the game to say, look, he's cleaned it up, he's done what you've asked, knock it off. I mean, that's about as as forceful I think I've ever heard of Andy Reid getting on the officials after a game before. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes this week. And if he continues to send that message during his press conference on Monday or Wednesday or Friday and how, how they approach that. I mean, I'm not – I mean, here's the thing. I, I know some some were pointing out and they're like, well, you know, if, if Juan Taylor doesn't have that penalty and then Patrick Mahomes doesn't, you know, get get his ankle hit the next play and everything. And I'm like, 
Patrick's ankle could have been hit at any point during the game. I mean, that's 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 that just comes with the territory. And I mean, you know, so I mean, it, it was to me the Mahomes ankle injury that he got before halftime. There, I felt like that was a lot more in terms of the refs. Like, I mean, the, the star players like that, you got to protect the quarterbacks, man. And if you're not protecting it when that guy not only hits the ground but then rolls back into the quarterback, like I, I'm sorry, but come on, like that's that would if that's Brady or Manning. That thing gets called. I just there's sometimes I just kind of wonder why officials let as much slide as they do, especially when it's below the knee. And that's you know that's a big emphasis in the NFL, but it wasn't that it wasn't emphasized enough today. Yeah, and notable to me because Patrick Mahomes did go to the official and talk to him after the first half as they were walking into the locker room um, and talked to the official. And I, I can only base based on the timing of it and the, the, the gestures that were being made that they were discussing that exact play. And there was some this debate in the press box about, you know, whether that, you know, Ngakwe really made a lot of an effort to avoid him or, you know, he did kind of move into him and he did, he did, did get pushed to the ground and kind of blocked into homes a little bit, but it was definitely a debatable about whether he truly tried Tried to avoid Mahomes and may avoid contact. Yeah, I, I'll I'll speak on watching it a handful of times over and over again and being able to look at the replay. Donovan Smith put him in the dirt and put him on his shoulder. He went back to kind of roll back a little bit, and Patrick happened to be there. Now, whether that they want to debate that or argue that it is what it is, but I know I, it's not something I was thrilled to see from Mahomes or any of the star quarterbacks that we want to watch in the league, whether it's an Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, you know, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts. I don't want to see that happen to any of those guys because those are all entertaining quarterbacks to watch, and they're what make this game great. And I don't want to see that for any of those guys. So it's just interesting sometimes that Brady would have gotten that call, and for some reason Mahomes still doesn't get that type of call whenever he, he clearly deserves it. And the good news is that uh, Mahomes said after the game that he thinks he's okay, that he felt fine. Obviously, he he returned to the game in the second half and said he could have finished the game, you know, with that ankle. It was more scary for him than maybe it hurt just because it's the same right ankle and he was worried that it, it's again. But, you know, I, we'll, we'll see. But, you know, do, what concerns do you have that it might be an issue for him going, you know, going to New York next week? I, as, soon, as soon as they could get him off the field, I was happy with it. As I tweeted out, I was hoping somebody was going to hide his helmet so he couldn't find it <laughs> and get back out there. Let it be Blaine Gabbert. Let him hand off. The game's out of reach anyway. So just hand the ball off, work on your run game. And if you want to work on some play-action passes with Gabbert and get Rice and Ross some work, and that and that's completely fine at that point because you they had it in command and the Bears had given up on the day like that much was clear at that point so I mean it, it became a glorified scrimmage in the second half so I mean there was a lot of opportunities for guys you wanted to get work you could I hate to say that about a regular season in NFL game in week three but that's what that was and if you look around the league as well teams are now having they now have enough tape they're starting to get more tape to where. They know what to attack, where to attack, where the players' strengths are, where their weaknesses are. And the Miami Dolphins especially know that with the fact they put up 70 points today. So, I mean, all that combined, like teams are starting to be able to, to figure out what other guys are doing, what other opponents are doing, and how and how to approach it and how to go about it. We've had a, a, no debate the last couple of weeks about which side of the football was better for the Chiefs. Was it the defensive side or the offensive side? We had two weeks where it was clearly the defensive side. Today, 
first day, you could make an argument that both sides of the football were pretty good. Um, the defense comes out, throws a shutout for most of the game, not until the fourth quarter do the Bears get on the board when some of the backups came in. Blaine Gabbert was in the game at that point. Um, this Chiefs defense basically went a little more than two full games without allowing a touchdown. Defense again, Nick. I mean, what what did you see from the defense today that really stood out to you? They are so quick, especially with the – I know the broadcast kept emphasizing the youth that they have on the team and how and how fast and physical they are. I know that was something that, that they kind of hit on, but I'm, I'm telling you, like, I mean, Trim McDuffie, like, he blows up the block. Then the, when the receiver comes by, he punches the football out. Like, it's, and then just how physical he was tackling. I mean, he's one of those tone setters. You know, unfortunately, Cook, you know, had a pretty hard hit there on uh on williams if i remember correctly yep. and you know he didn't mean he didn't mean to obviously but it happened but he was trying to set a tempo too as the enforcer style that he likes to do and then i mean just the front four and how relentless they were how you know as you and i talked about just kind of that contain that they used and how they approached their rushes and how respectful they were because there was one time i think they really got out of position and fields was able to take off and convert that first but when you think about it in the grand scheme of it, boy, there weren't a lot of times that that happened, and there wasn't a lot of time where Fields was able to feel comfortable back there. Yeah, I, I, I had the exact same thought. I know exactly which play you're talking about. I think it was the one where Karloff just kind of came inside because he thought he had an opening, and once he broke contain there a little bit, Fields was like, oh, wait a minute, I can go this way. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I mean, a very disciplined effort from this Chiefs defense, especially against Fields. And, um, you know, and I, I wrote a Chiefs Digest. You can go check it out about the, the role of the Chiefs defense. And, and, and how they prepared this week, because, you know, Chris Oladokun was the scout team quarterback this week because they wanted somebody back there who could give them the looks of Justin Fields. That could be somebody who runs around and use Chiefs fans obviously saw Oladokun during the preseason. I mean, he's got that shiftiness and ability to extend plays and run around. And that's what the Chiefs defense this did this week. And Willie Gay, I know, told me after the game, he thought that Oladokun played better during the week than Fields did today. Um, I think statistically you could make that argument, but that's, you know, how the Chiefs were able to train their eyes for fields and, to, and really set themselves to get ready for that speed. And like you said, they they played up to that. Yeah, I mean, they, they didn't seem overwhelmed by it like they had in years past when they go against somebody like Lamar Jackson on the edge in his prime. And so, I mean, that was... It was really impressive how they dealt with Fields today because Fields was going to be the the he was he could have been the difference maker in keeping the Bears in this game with his with his athletic ability and his feet. And if in all honesty, if he had a coordinator like Matt Nagy or Andy Reid, he would have, and he'd be a lot further along than what he is. But I mean, he's I, I hate to say it this way, but right now that's a sinking ship in Chicago, and they they've got so much more to build on that roster right now. And I don't know if. I don't know if that coaching staff is going to be able to get all those guys back collectively and buy into what they're doing, especially when you when you have a game like this, like they did against the Chiefs, and just how dominant the Chiefs were in all three phases. That's, you know, as we've talked about, like that's the test for every team. Where are we at against a Super Bowl caliber football team? And the Bears got their answer today, and they're like, well, we're out of the game by halftime, so we got a long ways to go. So, I mean, that's that's – Chicago's got to deal with the fallout of this game, and boy, I think that's that's going to be a tough sell in a lot of position group rooms for them. Yeah, there's there's no that this is this is one of those games for the Bears. I mean, they're going to have to really do some deep thinking about this one. Um, 
One phrase that you said really stuck out to me, and that is buy-in. Because that's one thing that obviously you can say, you can see obviously the Bears have not had it yet. They don't have anything going on defensively buy-in. That's exactly what you hear in Kansas City, though, from this team and buying into Steve Spagnuolo's concepts. And, you know, Justin Reed has talked about it quite a bit. You know, uh, Trent McDuffie talked about it today extensively about just how much these young guys and the guys who are new to the team this year were new last year are really buying into the, the the Steve Spagnuolo concept. And, you know, that it's it's been an opportunity for Spagnuolo to maybe kind of do a reboot of this defense and, and his philosophy because, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, what we're seeing, this this team plays with a different philosophy than maybe his Chiefs defenses did in 2019-2020. Yeah, and, and and it's what it is, it's such a unique thing when you think about this defense overall, is that so many of those guys they got within the past two years or three years, collectively, this roster doesn't know anything but winning. They don't know anything but playoffs. They don't know anything but chasing excellence and chasing championships and to have the whole rookie class last year and the class before all be able to be a part of a Super Bowl run and winning a Super Bowl, you're you're going to do nothing but be able to buy into it because you're like, hey, they've taken us to the mountaintop already and this is a certain standard and level we have to have, so I'm going to let them continue to push me. And I know you and I remember from training camp whenever – Sometimes Dave Merritt may say in that presser room, you know, a couple times that <laughs> some some people they need to step up and, you know, they're slowly stepping up and getting back into a rhythm. But then, you know, we still, for you and I, we still haven't seen Nick Jones yet and what he can do. And you yeah. and I both liked him at camp. And, I mean, there's some other guys. Like, for example, take Montreal Washington that came from the, you know, that was a returner today. I He's one of their better returners. Like he, the vision he had in the field and how he approached it and let his block set up and when to cut and when to run. Like I, there is a, I'm, I would not be against them putting them on a, on the, on the 53, just because that's some of the better return ability that they've had outside of, you know, Kadarius Tony. So, I mean like that, like he really shined today. And that's another one of those finds that the chiefs have that he's got a role that he can effectively do to help this team. So that's another guy down the road. I'm like, well, that's one of the people you definitely need to elevate, you know, next week. And then after that, you may have to make a tougher decision because I, I will say he had a lot better vision than Richie James has had back there in the first two games. So, I mean, we'll see now that I've said that, I hope I don't jinx him on that New York turf. And so, uh, in the, in the Sunday night football light. So, I mean, it'll be interesting though. Yeah, that just seems like another savvy move by Brett Veach and the staff, you know, picking him up yeah. because we, I, I fell for it too, the sandbagging, you know, this week, you know, with, with Dave Tobe talking about, oh, yeah, it'll be a committee. There's a lot of guys, you know, Justin Watts has done it, Sky Moore's done it, Kadarius, maybe Rasheed Rice. He knew all along Montreal Washington was going to be his return guy. And, you know, it wasn't really until Saturday when they made the elevation that, you know, it became clear that was going to be the case. Yeah, and, and and for him to perform the way he did since he got here after preseason was over with, and he's only three weeks into this culture and the system for the most part, maybe four, you know, kind of at least three, if not three and a half, because when he would have got in from, you know, the 53-man roster when they built that and put that together, it was, it was an impressive performance from him. And then Tommy Townsend, you know, kicking some of those, that one they put in the coffee corner on his own was just ridiculous inside the five there. Some of the other punts he's had, he's having another Pro Bowl season. Bucker boom that one that one field goal that he had to, he boomed that right through the middle. So I mean, from a, it was just all three phases worked incredibly well together. Special teams did really well. 
Um, offense, you know, both run and pass did well. Defense has been dominant yet again. And again, like I said, I mean, if you look at Jacksonville, I got to watch a little bit of their game today. The Jaguars are reeling because the Chiefs put some stuff on tape about how to how to stop uh, Lawrence and and Ryan's took advantage of it with what they ran down in Houston. So I mean, it's it'll be interesting. Like I, I'm always I'm always going to be interested to see how the offenses do the week after Steve Spagnolo has faced them and what the next opponent behind them potentially does against them. And I know the one that the league is probably hoping for at this point, they're like, Hey, can you play the dolphins a little bit sooner? (laughs) We'd like to see if you can play the dolphins a little bit sooner. So we can see some of the bag of tricks that Spagnuolo has to maybe take, uh, take Tyreek out or their run game that had, uh, (laughs) had as many yards as it did today. And so, I mean, that, that game's shaping up to be a very intriguing game down the road here. If everybody can stay healthy. Yeah, that is exactly the key word. If everybody stays healthy, that's going to be a fun one. Um, the other thing, the last thing I wanted to bring up about this yep. defense is that one thing this group has that the Chiefs have lacked in some areas in recent years is depth. Yeah, And we saw that in spades today especially. Chiefs are playing without their leading tackler in Nick Bolton. Um, their, their quarterback of the defense, middle linebacker, calls to play, sets everything. Have to go to Drew Tranquil. What does Drew Tranquil do? Come in for Nick Bolton. He's their leading tackler and leads an absolutely dominating performance. Didn't miss a beat. Um, you could tell was very comfortable setting that defense and making the calls. Had no problems directing traffic, getting everybody lined up correctly. There were I don't seem to recall any timeouts being cost because you know guys weren't lined up or any confusion. I mean, um, I mean that's what you want, but you don't expect it that when you lose a player of Nick Bolton's caliber, that a guy like Drew Tranquil can just step in and immediately and just make you look like you're not missing a beat. But this thing, I'm not surprised by that because of how smart he is, how athletic yeah. he is. He's somebody I want to see with the Chiefs long term as long as he can stay healthy. I mean, that's a guy that needs to be a part of their linebacking core for years to come around here and kind of be one of those leaders in that team. That's why I'm, I'm, I mean, you know, that was such a savvy signing when they were able to get him and kind of have him to where, like you said, you know, there'd be times in the past where there'd be a depth issue and be like, man, they really missed such and such this week, or man, they really missed him. It was one of those times where like, you're like, Boy, that defense, it didn't drop off one bit. So, I mean, that that's a tribute to him. I know Tranquil was on Friday. He was recognizing everybody imaginable that he could, including Jack Cocker and Brendan Daly. And uh, Alex Whittingham, I remember correctly, he, he named every single one of those for helping him with this. And I think he mentioned Willie Gay and Nick Bolton as well for helping him as well. So all the, all those combined, yeah. I mean, Tranquil had himself a day. I I, I I had asked the question on our on our show, would Drew Tranquil be the leading tackler for the Chiefs? And you know, I looked at the statue and I'm like, yep, he was. So, I mean, but like you and I had seen up at training camp, just the way that, just how athletic he is, that's just such a, such a big part for the, such a big win for the Chiefs to be able to get him at the price that they did. And how notable that, you know, we're talking about guys who make big plays and, you know, how many of these guys, Justin Watson has the the big catch with Mahomes, Drew Tranquil comes up big. I mean, I'll even include Tommy Townsend because Tommy Townsend is an undrafted free agent punter. You know, how many scouting successes and decisions that are not your marquee guys, but, you know, guys that that Brett Veach and his, his crew have identified as role players or, you know, undrafted guys who can come in, free agents, all of this. And we're not talking about you know high round draft picks here we're talking about sometimes late free agency undrafted 
you know, that are coming able to come in and give you significant playing, you know, significant good playing time. Yeah, I, I, and like like you have said about before, I mean, it's it's a tribute to what that whole front office does and the fact that they've been able to stay together during this run as much as they have. You're hoping it can continue as long as it can, but at some point the league's going to wisen up and be like, you know, they got a pretty good program over there. Maybe we need to... Maybe we need to start adding, you know, take their vision and what they're doing and maybe do that a little bit more. So, yeah, I mean, there's that factor. And then me, hey, come, you know, starting off next week. I mean, we'll see. I'll be, I'll be curious. I'm curious to watch the tape on Zach Wilson. And this week, I know, I know, uh, I know wide receiver wasn't too thrilled with him a couple times when I <laughs> looked up from my computer while I was editing and going over some stuff. So, I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting, but you know, I'll be curious to see who's healthy on that uh, Jets defense after the Patriots games. I know they got a little banged up, but I mean, Hey, the games on Sunday night football will be on KSHB 41 next week or well, the pregame show at five, the game at seven twenty. NBC will have their pregame from six to about seven, 10, seven 15. So It'll be a different game than what we thought, and I hope you know. I hope for all the all the Chiefs players, the turf doesn't cause them any problems like you did Aaron Rodgers, and that everybody's able to stay okay. But here's exactly. here's, here's a fun trend for you, Matt. Um, next week, since Dwayne Brown, I remember if I remember correctly, got put on IR, the left tackle for the Jets. That's going to be at least the third week in a row that the left the starting left tackle for the team will not will not be in the game. <laughs> Wow! He the suspension for the Jaguars. Yeah, and uh, this week they put their the Bears had to put their left tackle on IR, and then Dwayne Brown's already on. If I remember correctly, I think he's already on IR. Uh, you know, for the next three games technically, because this this one's going to count from this this week. So, Chiefs are having an interesting uh, interesting time there with their pass rush having the potential ability to go against uh, some inferior tackles to be able to create some matchups. And I mean, I know people are going to say this that Chris Jones had a quiet day and everything. But man, they were they were going out of their way to double team and account for him on every play. Uh, yeah, I noted in the first half that Chris Jones was either being double teamed or held or both on yeah. pretty much every play. Right. Um, especially after the sack. After that, it got even more noticeable. I mean, it was clearly that the instructions on the Bears offensive line was do not let this guy anywhere near Justin Fields. Yeah. yeah. So I mean that. That's a tribute to him that he gave his teammates so many one-on-one opportunities and gave the guys blitzing opportunities as well. I can't believe we've made it this deep into the podcast. And I mean, there's, we've mentioned the word Taylor. We haven't mentioned the word Swift. Yeah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Did you see see her at all today, Matt? Did you wait to her? Did you tell her how much you appreciate some of her music? How'd that go? I, I did not see her in person. We just saw her on the monitors and on yeah. the TVs and everything. Um, didn't get to see her after the game either. I was, I, uh, we were trying to find out if we were going to get to talk to Travis after yeah. the game. Uh, we were just told, uh, we're working on that. But I, I was told that he had to go up to the suite very quickly because uh, Taylor wanted to be out of uh, like 30 minutes after the game. So, um, apparently that was Travis making a very quick trip to, to get out with, with him and his mom and the family and everything. So maybe next week we will get to talk to Travis about, about Taylor. Look, let's be honest. And I, I, I personally thought this was going to happen. I have no issue with it. 
it's going to all be saved for the podcast. And the best interviewer is going to be Jason Kelsey for that. Oh, one. sure. Oh, like, I mean, he's going to rib his brother about that. And the way he already kind of has on social media, I'm not going to get into it, but if you go through his social media account, Jason's already having a lot of fun with it. So that's all I have to say about, about that part of it. Jason's having a ton of fun with it. So, and, uh, yeah, it'll. I mean, hey, it 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 added a buzz today. There's a lot of you know probably Taylor Swift fans that are watching their first Chiefs game. <laughs> so you know the Chiefs got a whole another demographic to have a part of it potentially. So I mean, hey, I mean, it you. Uh, unfortunately, Travis is not going to be able to escape it anytime soon. He's going to get asked about it all the time, and you I don't think he wants it. to escape it. <laughs> yeah, and, and you and I, you know, you mentioned it last week on the podcast. Players are going to players are going to be relentless about it now. Now that they oh, yeah. actually have documented video and photos of it, oh, Travis is going to hear it every single play. And it's funny because, like, so many people I know, like uh, Mick Schaefer and I included, it, we're just waiting to see what's the reaction is going to be when Travis has his touchdown. What's his end, end zone dance going to be? And then how many times is the broadcast going to cut to or have slow-mo replays of it and all that? And they, they didn't disappoint one bit. <laughs> the the chest bump that, that Taylor and Enjoyed in, in the in the suite with her with her friends and everything. Definitely was a big moment in the press box. That 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 drew a pretty good laugh. Hey, it, it, it it's it's not a bad thing for the Chiefs to get even more attention on a national scale because you know it's going to be all over Good Morning Football, NFL oh, yeah. Live on ESPN is going to have it. First Take's going to do something on it. They, every single national sports talk show and radio show is going to mention it because that was the game that was the game of the week for Fox's broadcast. So that was going over pretty much the entire country. And how, how much do you think NBC is going to try to make sure that maybe Taylor can be in New York for the for the game next week? <laughs> I mean, look, I don't know what her travel schedule is going to be, but I mean, it's going to be a big week for Arrowhead because I mean, think about the, the Truman Sports Complex. Let me just put it that way: within within an eight day span. They will have had Guns N' Roses, who were at Kaufman on Saturday, Taylor Swift at Arrowhead on Sunday. Then the following Sunday, Beyonce is going to be at Arrowhead at the same time the Chiefs-Jets game is going on. That's quite this, a, Truman Sports Complex has not seen this level of star power in quite some time. Um, no. Maybe I mean, ever. I don't know. I, I, I got to go back to the Jacksons tour. <laughs> But I'm saying that would have been like three different Jackson's tours, you know, boom, boom, boom. Exactly. And only like 40 years ago. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I think that has broken me, Nick. I think, I think the Taylor Swift breakdown has broken me. So. Well, Matt, at least we ended on a unique note. That is exactly where we, we probably best for us to end. Uh, If you've got your own favorite Taylor Swift memories and, and thoughts out there, Feel free to share them with you. We need them. You can make your comments. When you do that, when you tell us about your favorite, you know, Taylor Swift moments of the game and highlights, do that with leaving us a review, download, subscribe to the podcast, do all that nonsense for us. We are grateful. We appreciate it. Yeah. Give us, give us what you would call a Taylor Swift chief song. There you go. go. What would her album be? (laughs) I've, I'm not. I'm I not did, asking you. No, I'm saying put, people can put it in the reviews. I did. I did. I did two tweets today with with mm-hmm. Taylor Swift um, with puns that I I had to research, and I promise I will never do that again. It's all right, Matt. It's okay. Well, you know, we're on to we're on to New York, Matt. We're on to New <laughs> we're York, on Matt. to New York. That's right. Uh, Nick and I will be back next week. 
Um, we will. It'll either be in the. I will. It'll be in the early morning. It'll, hours it'll be Monday because the game. The game. Yeah, I'll say this. The game will be on our air, and yes. I'll be busy till at minimum midnight or one in the morning. So I think it's just. Uh, I think it's just a good idea for us to get a restful night's sleep, and then we'll figure out sometime Monday afternoon whenever it works for both our schedules. That's right. Some sometime Monday, you will get our breakdown. So we hope you enjoy, will join us then. Uh, Sounds like another you. good podcast. Sometimes, sometime Monday. Sometime Monday. That's the promo. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what we got. I mean, you know, that's it's kind of guys we are, Nick. Just you'll get it when and, and you'll get it when it's ready. You're not going to get it just because it's out. You're going to get it when it's good and ready. Wow, that's what we promise you. I can I can that's tell a, Matt's ready to call it an evening at this point. That's a that's a forty one is the mic guarantee. Wow, <laughs> going Tommy boy here like Kelly right. and Auto Parts. I love it. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us. And like we mentioned, after the as the Jets Chiefs next week, we will join you again with our breakdown. And we appreciate you for coming along today. You've been listening to 41 is the Mike, presented by KSHB 41, your home of the Chiefs and Chiefs Digest.